doing it live on a Monday edition, uh, going a day early this week. So how about that? A little bonus treat for all the kids out there. Uh, John, follow along with me on this. Just just follow along with me. For a second. Okay. Do you know that we we currently have a president of the United States, and and over over the course of the hundred plus days of his his presidency, it does not seem that a day goes by where there is not some uh, news controversy headline uh, in regard to something he's done or said. And it really doesn't matter what side you're on or who you voted for or anything. I think you'd be uh, blind and deaf not to be aware that this is going on. Do you think that that is an accurate statement? Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I don't know how you're a human There's being. No way you can avoid it. No, it's it's yes, it's omnipresent. Yeah, no matter so matter what who you're with, it doesn't even that's not the point of the conversation. The point of the conversation is this. The current state of the Ohio State basketball team and program <laughs> reminds me of the Trump presidency because yeah. every day I turn around, another bombshell is knocked on this program. And you, you're left saying to yourself, my God, what is next? And, and so the, 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 amount, the severity of these two things are very different depending on your perspective, obviously. But um, it, it's a, it's a, it, it just keeps happening. And the latest was this Jaquan Lyle story that comes over the weekend um, that Lyle, so Lyle's at a bar, he punches a police car, he's arrested. But that's not really the story. It's not the story that a college kid acted like an idiot. That's not the story. The right. story is that he's been kicked off the Ohio State basketball or has left the program for over a month. <laughs> he hasn't been on the team for over a month. And yet, any, most people, have, I, saw, I read many people on social media who would say that they looked at the Ohio State basketball roster within the last week and he was on there. Yeah. So how do you explain that? <laughs> I don't. And it, it yeah. gets to the point when, with these things where with the transfers, with now an entirely lost 2015 recruiting class, an entirely lost class. Right. Um, the number one kid in Ohio saying, not only saying thanks, but no thanks, but then burning you out the door saying they didn't even make the tournament. And you just say like much in the same way with, with what's going on in Washington, you just say, Mike, I mean, how much of this can we take? Like, when does this stop? Right. And I guess that's the jumping off point for us. When does this stop? Well, the nice thing, the nice thing about the Ohio state basketball team is that eventually it's going to stop because they're just not going to have any players on the roster anymore. And then <laughs> they'll fire that mono and that's fine. Uh, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know what it says about how I feel about the basketball team right now, where, you know, my first reaction to finding out that we had basically, I don't want to say been lied to, but basically just, you know, had a large amount of subterfuge to, yeah, <laughs> to, to basically try to, you know, convince us that one of the best players on the team was, was on the team when in fact he was not, uh, was just a laugh and kind of go, yeah, that's how, that sounds about how they should handle this at about this point in time. Uh, I, I mean, it's obviously stupid and, and hilarious and ridiculous, but frankly, it's pretty much the only way that I think they could have handled it. And that would be in the worst possible way, because that's just what's happening right now with the program. I mean, it's, it's a complete disarray and I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know what the utility of keeping Thad Mata around is anymore. I mean, and, and granted, I, like, I don't, I know we always add this caveat every time we talk about him, like, you know, we love Thad Mata and, and what he's yeah. done for the program. But man, at a certain point, you, you don't have to keep adding that. <laughs> like, it's, it's been like, it's, it's gotten bad enough to where I'm like, nah, you know what? Like, great, but let's, let's, let's move on. Maybe it's time to actually, you know, hit that big red button.
It's kind of like if you get if you've been married to somebody for like 20 years and you get a divorce and it's relatively amicable, but you, it's to the point where there's no repairing the relationship. But you say, yeah, but we raised great kids together. I mean, that's kind of where we are with that. Yeah. Like, yeah, he got the program back on track. He got it to heights that it hadn't seen since Fred Taylor in a very long time consistently. You know, talking about 16 you know, consecutive seasons of 20 wins or more, although that's a little misleading because of the amount of games that are played, the amount of patsies that are played early in the season. Sure. Um, but but it's it's more it's more than the wins and losses. It's the attendance. Um, you know, I think I saw over the weekend close to a 20-year low in attendance at the Schottenstein Center. Um, yeah. that's a problem. Uh, much like in the presidential thing, follow the money, you know, that'll tell you where you need to go. And if people, if there's just no interest in that program, um, it's, it becomes hard to, to continue on. I, I would, I think the reason that so many people and me, I'm chief among those people who start every conversation with, I love Thad Mott as a human being because mm. he's that good of a guy. Like, he's yeah. a great guy. Right. He's funny. He's charming. Uh, he's been through a hell of a physical ordeal at the at the hands of the Ohio State Medical Center. Yeah. Um, and so there's you feel that you feel an empathy for him all the while as he's getting paid as a top 10 coach in the country. I mean, so that's the other part of this. Like he's getting paid as a top 10 coach to run a top 10 program. He hasn't for a while. Um, but th- the depths that this program has fallen, the last Ohio State basketball game that I covered as a as a member of the working media was the game in which uh, uh, D'Angelo Russell's team was eliminated in Portland by Arizona. Right, it was in the second round of the NCAA tournament, and that was turns out to be the last time that Ohio State has made the NCAA tournament. Um, but it's not just that; it's it's much more than that. It's you can't you lose an entire recruiting class. How do you lose <laughs> an entire recruiting class? I mean, five yeah. out of five, a top five class in the country. And maybe they were wildly overrated. Clearly, Ohio State missed on the evaluation. They missed on the development of those players. They couldn't keep them happy, couldn't keep them here. They're all gone. We were told after that that, well, we got we weeded those guys out, and it's all going to be better now. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't better. And now you have Trevor Thompson, David Bell. They transfer out. Cam Williams is testing the NBA waters, whatever that is, which basically tells you how miserable he is. I mean, he has no shot, so what's, what's the next logical? Either he's going to come back or he's going to go to Europe. Um, and now this thing with Jaquan Lyle, they have nine players on the team. Well, that's what I was about to say. Like, there's no way to even, I mean, you're just going to fill it with walk-ons and then it's not like the Cavalry's coming, John, because the best player in Ohio said, thanks, but no, thanks. They've got a couple of some local kids coming over the next couple of years, but they're not the type that can, they're not Jared Sullinger's not walking through the door. (laughs) I mean, well, and I can't imagine this is a long ways removed, right? I can't imagine being one of the guys who comes in, you know, before the season starts, you know, new re- part of a new recruiting class, all that stuff and say, Hey guys, how's everything going? And you know, let's yeah. start the season because I just, I can't imagine what the mood around the program must be like. I mean, this is like Cormac McCarthy stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's bad. It's real bad. And like I said, I don't know what the utility is of keeping a guy around who, you know, is clearly a dead man walking, not going to improve the team next year. I mean, it's going to be demonstrably worse, maybe one of the worst in the Big Ten. Uh, It's just going to be bad. And I don't think think that anyone is better served by having a year of that. And and again, you know, like I said, you're right. Thad Mott is a great guy, and obviously he's done a lot for the program. But at a certain point, you just, that can't be a reason to continue letting the, 
the horse limp around the track. You know what I mean? Like you just you got to put out its misery because it's not going to help anybody out, and especially not the program. So I'm I'm at that point. I, you know, it's it's ludicrous to me that they would try to hide that and, and successfully, frankly, uh, mostly because I don't think anybody was thinking about the Ohio State men's basketball team for an entire month. Uh, mercifully. Yeah, you're right. Two things. Number one, the road by Cormac McCarthy. I read, uh, I really couldn't put it down. It was the most un, most relentlessly depressing, yeah. interesting thing I've ever read in my life. Yeah. I mean, yeah. ever. Like, it was just stunning, the, 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 the depression of it, and that yet I could not put it down. Yeah, so Blood great Meridian. drop in by you. I want to tell you Blood something. Meridian. Blood Meridian, that's, that's the one that really gets you. The road is bad. I'm not saying anything. Oh. Like, Blood Meridian, man, that that stuff stays with you for a long time. They were trying to make a movie out of that, but it never happened. Yeah, I don't know who. I mean, I don't know who you get to play the judge. That it's just such a weird, ethereal, larger than life kind of character. It'd be really odd to see who would try to play that guy. But right, um, yeah. So that's that. The other thing was <laughs> so nice. Drop in out of you on Cormac McCarthy. The second thing I would say is, um, it's it's not just bad because bad. Everybody has, you have bad. It's right. not interesting. Yeah, right. I like, mean, who cares? It's, it's not interesting. Exactly. That's even worse. Exactly. So that is when you get to a point where it's untenable. You say to yourself, I remember we did the podcast right after the season was over and we said, you know, how, is now the time? You know, like, is it now's the time? And I, I remember saying on that podcast, something to the effect of, I don't know what the point in him coming back is. Yeah. And it's only gotten worse since. Yeah. There's no point. I mean, it's it's done. There's no band aid for this, right? So, and that and that sucks. I mean, when you've got a guy that has meant so much, I mean, I understand that people don't necessarily want to rip that band aid off. They don't want they don't want to have to like try to you know just put their foot down and say, okay, we got to start over. But at a certain point, like when you're dealing with millions of dollars a year, the sunk cost fallacy has to kind of be addressed. You have to understand that. Another, like I said, another year of this is not going to make it better, and you just got to cut your losses at a certain point. So, you know, I I don't know what they do. Like, what can you do now? I mean, it, you you're not going to run. They're not. You and I both know. I mean, we can pie in the sky and sit here and say he shouldn't continue on. I don't. I'm not for anybody losing their job. But Ohio State's not firing Thad Mata in May. No, without well, a scandal. Right. It's a I mean, they fired party. Jim Tressel in May, but I mean that was. That was a whole nother thing, but I mean, they're just not going to fire him in May. I mean, they've, you know, Gene gave him the vote of confidence. I, I predict, I correctly predicted how that would be received on Thad's part, um, that he would dig in. I think the biggest thing that's happened to him, and this is, this is a tough thing for me to say. And I, I, I understand the gravity of it because I know these people, it's hard to talk out loud in in any forum when you know the people involved, but I think he's made mistakes in the hiring of his, of his assistant coaching staff. Yeah. And, and I think that they have missed dramatically in evaluating talent and, yeah. and you just, you just can't recover from that. I mean, that is at a point where he should be the guy who seals the deal and says, look, look, we got D'Angelo Russell was the number two pick in the draft. And we, you know, we've done this, we know how to do this, but the guys that bring him, the guys, they're not doing their job. Yeah. They're not. Yeah, and they don't have the a fact that, on staff. Like they don't have a oh, guy. No, they don't. And Johnny, the arrogance to basically stand in the face of the boosters and the fans, whatever's left, 
and say, yeah, we're just going to run it back. We're just going <laughs> to run back the same team we had, the same group we had. We're not making any changes, damn it, because we know what we're doing. Yeah. To do that and then lose Lyle, who I would say he was probably going to be your best player coming. He's yeah. best, your best returning player, depending on what Wesson is next year as a freshman, but he's your, definitely your best returning player. And you're just going to be, yeah, we're just going to run it back. And now yeah. you lose him too? How's that acceptable? Yeah, it's not. And it, and that's the biggest issue. I, I think at a certain point, you've got to have a plan. And, and if you're a professional, you're making millions of dollars. It shouldn't be, trust me, guys. You know what I mean? Like, you should be able to go up to Gene Smith and say, this is A, B, C, D. These are all the things that we're going to do to take care yeah. of this. We're going to make changes. We're going to do something. And... Insofar as like the past month is concerned, that something seems to be covering up for your best player leaving, and that's that's that is insulting to an a fan why to a fan they, of a team. Johnny, why would this? And I know Dan Wallenberg; he's a good dude. He's a smart dude. Why would Dan not? Re, if Jaquan had been, if he'd been off the team for a month, why the hell would they not release that? I have no idea. I don't. What I mean, maybe just damage there? control. I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe they didn't want to compound the fact that they had no postseason and they, you know, they're losing all these other players. I mean, I it's just like, we'll wait. Be... Yeah. Well, right. Exactly. We'll wait. And then we'll announce it a month and a half, two months from now. Yeah. He's not returning. We'll do it in the middle of summer. We'll hope yeah. he stays quiet. Right. Which is, I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it, does, it does nothing this for this day him. and age. Yeah. <laughs> right. Come on. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, this this and the kid, the Cincinnati kid who said thanks but no thanks, uh, between those two things, I mean, those are both. You needed all those things to work in your favor. You need Lyle to come back in great shape and and really ready to have a great third year. You need this kid from Cincinnati, the kid who bailed, the best player in Ohio, whose name escapes me for whatever reason right now. You need that kid committed in the fold so you can sell that. All that's gone. So yeah. I don't know. It's – I. I the, it, the only thing that will allow this to continue is the lack of give a damn by the fan base and the boosters. Um, right. you know, they'll lean on football and, and that'll go, but this is going to get uglier. It's going to get uglier. And Thad's not going to quit because there's a lot of money on the table and it's generational money. So he's going to want his cash. Um, so he's going to, you know, you're going to have to fire him next year because I, I can't see any scenario where they're, how can the hell could they possibly be better? <laughs> no they're not that's I right? think that's pretty much a given that's absolutely they are going to be much worse next year um yeah i don't i don't see any way that that improves i mean same coaches saying i mean worse we're running players. it back i mean yeah i don't yeah they're gonna be bad and and the okay. thing is like i think one of the things that that mana has tried to rely on is the idea that he can coach up some of these guys and that you know, he'll be able to construct a team the way that maybe a guy like Izzo does. But you can't, I mean, when you lose an entire recruiting class like that, that, that completely invalidates any idea that you're building anything. It shows that you are relying on one or two really good players, as you have for the past six or seven years, essentially, and hoping that they can carry the rest of the team. And when that works, it's been really successful, but he has not developed players. And no, that's a long time. Yeah, and that sucks because you can't, you cannot win consistently, especially in the Big Ten, uh, by just relying on one or two dudes that are often going to be one and dones. Like that's not going to happen. I remember Um, when uh, when I first got to Columbus, it was uh, the year after Connolly and Odin and Daquan, 
and Jamar Butler was the only kid who was kind of back and he played with a chip on his shoulder the whole time, the whole season. And um, all I heard from everybody in Columbus was that Thad did not anticipate that Mike Connolly would go pro. (laughs) And so, and and that's fine because Connolly, most people didn't think Connolly would, he ended up having a great tournament and that's fair, but it took the next year and the next year. And, and Johnny, it wasn't until Jared Sullinger rolled in there with Kraft and Deshaun Thomas. It wasn't until then that the program really rebounded. I mean, they had Evan Turner, who they developed. He's kind of the one thing in between. And they had some good squads in between there. They had Buford and Diebler and all those guys. And they were fine. But in terms of returning to Conley Odin, Jared Sullinger is how they returned to Conley and Odin. The best player in the country as a high school player was from Columbus. Yeah. I mean, that was the deal. And so they were in the right place at the right time. Um, but now you don't have the the memory of Connolly Odin. You don't have Selinger coming down the pipe. And you have just this program that is just stuck. And um, it's, I, I don't, I have no interest in watching the, the demise of Thad Mata. I don't, but that's what we're watching. And we're stuck smack dab in the middle of it. Um, so we'll see where that goes. Uh, the other thing, speaking of Gene Smith and decisions, so I thought this was funny. This is on a much lighter note. Uh, Gene Smith was asked this week uh, over the weekend about uh, the idea of practicing overseas, and Gene said no. And what was funny to me is I thought the his answer was should have been no unless Urban wants to. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, I that's really – Unless um, Urban wants to. Yeah. We're not going to do it. The optics of the Big Ten recently are interesting. Delaney got his twenty million dollar bonus, uh, which is just appalling. You know, it's just appalling. The commissioner of a college free labor sports league gets a twenty million dollar bonus. That somebody wouldn't say, "Wait a sec, this is a, that's not the best look." Right. It's not the best look. Yeah, maybe we give you a two million dollar bonus and players don't donate the rest. Come on, how does somebody not have the common sense to say that doesn't look right? Is beyond me. I, I mean, I I think the the larger point with that is that you know he doesn't care. (laughs) I I guess not. I guess none of them get get him fired, and they'll pay him. I, I don't think he cares, and and frankly, I don't think the powers that be really care either. I mean, I think as long as the you know, the syndication and all that keeps coming in and their, their licensing rights, uh, they'll take it. They'll keep giving it to them because they, the they don't want to burst. We well, talked about that. I mean, last yeah. week. The bubbles, it's on the way to bursting. I mean, it's the it rights is. fee stuff's going to go away. And I mean, that it's, it's going to happen soon, but so I guess get your money where you can get it. We talked about that last week with urban, but right. I mean, the, the optics of, of, of intercollegiate athletics and the student athlete have never been more farcical than they are currently. No, I agree. And, you know, as far as, you know, Jim Delaney is concerned, I mean, they're, I, I think a lot of times what happens is that you get stuck in this mentality of, well, it's working now. So if, if we keep doing yeah. the exact same thing, it's going to always work. And Jim Delaney will ride that 20 million paycheck, you know, at a time <laughs> until, you know, yeah. they stop giving it to him. So. Yeah, I, you're right. It is absurd. It's ridiculous that that much money is involved in the in the way the metrics are. It's 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 silly, but that's I you know that's the tail end of what we were looking at. I mean, this is late stage, you know, big time syndication college football, and and we'll see how that changes in the next five to ten years. 
Yeah, yeah, and I think the Big Ten are the first ones to have their rights up. So, so I'll be. I mean, it's just coming off some of the weirdest things. If you think about some of the, you know, you think about you know Harbaugh going to Rome to basically stick it to the NCAA. Right. You think about the twenty million for Delaney. You think about Nick Saban making eleven and a half million. Uh, you think about the Big Ten, and I saw Delaney had comments about this today about how they were surprised by the backlash for playing on Friday nights. Like, are you so out of touch <laughs> with the with the part of the country that you represent that you claim to represent? Are you so out of touch with it that you thought that if you put high school football games on Friday night in Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Illinois, Wisconsin, Indiana, Iowa, Nebraska, they were going to be like, yeah, no big deal. That's fine. <laughs> That's good. No big deal. I mean, right. like, did you are, you are you that out of touch? Yes. With, with yes. your constituents? Yes, he is. He absolutely is. Crazy. Because um, it's all about money. And they're like, well, you know more more revenue on Fridays. We can do that. And that'll be cool. And they didn't think of the optics and they didn't think about the blowback because it didn't matter to them until it became a reality and people actually started giving a crap. Um, Crazy, man. I mean, it's just so out of touch. And it's, it's a, it is a freight train going towards, and it, you see the end of the track, you know, for the first time, it'll be these rights deals when they collapse. But yeah, um, yeah it's a, it is, that is, that is fascinating to me. Speaking of television rights deals, um, it was, I don't know if it meant to be confirmed today, but it seemed like it was. So Fox, the network, and Fox Sports did their upfronts today where they basically pitched to advertisers all of the sporting events that they will have. And one of the things that came out on this is that Fox is going to get the Ohio State-Michigan game. Yeah. So it's my understanding that that will be a Tom Brenneman, Chris Spielman production. Yeah, I mean, that, that, sounds, that sounds likely. Uh, I don't, how do you feel about that? I'm actually really curious I like how Spiels. you feel about those guys. Well, I like Chris. Um, I've, I've told this to his face. I think the only thing that, um, that Chris has to be careful, I think he's the best listen in terms of explaining what's going on. Yes. But the only sure. thing that I think works against Chris a little bit is he comes across know-it-all. And yeah. so I think it can come across condescending to some people, whereas Herb Street is pretty much universally liked. I mean, I know that some people don't like him because of this perceived Ohio State's nonsense, but I, that's ridiculous. But mm-hmm. the um, but in terms of the, if you just ask a casual sports fan, you put Herbie on one and Spielman on the other, and you say, "Watch, most Herbie's very likable, and yeah. Kirk's very likable, and Chris can be a little prickly." Um, but in terms of the information he's given, I would put him second to none. Um, he's always been awesome to me as a, as an individual when I've done radio with him and stuff back when I was in Columbus. And I think he'll crush this. Um, yeah. He'll be unbiased because he's fearless. He's completely fearless. Spielman, is, there's nothing that he would be worried about the blowback back from. Nothing. Right. Um, so he will be honest and candid and excellent on analysis. Tom's fine. Um, you know, he's kind of in the lucky sperm club. <laughs> you know, with the carry boys and the buck boys, you know, who, you know, that's what we always called them in broadcasting. Like if your name was ever, you know, Chip, uh, Chip Brenneman, Carry Buck, boy, you'd really right. have an opportunity there. Um, so that, you know, so he's that, but I, th- I always think he's been fine. He's got a history of doing college football. Um, I don't like the Fox. I think the Fox production of college football is pretty clunky. Um, I don't feel like, I feel like they just take their NFL production value and they just throw yeah. it on college football and hope you don't pay, hope you don't notice. And right. I hope that now that they have this big 10 thing, I hope they put, you know, some real thought into the presentation of it. And it's not just, you know, a robot bouncing around, you know, like 
Let's, well, especially let's put some for the racing fishing game. I mean, you can't like you've got to have some idea of the gravitas of the game and the yeah. of it. The Big and I Ten think, in general. I mean, they're going right. to do a lot of big. They're going to do Michigan State, Notre Dame. They're going to do. They're going to get. For the way I understand it, they're going to pretty much get every big game in the Big Ten next year. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope that they have a. I hope they have a sense of it, and I hope they own it. I hope they. What I would say in an ideal situation, if you're Fox. You be for the Big Ten, what CBS is to the SEC. Yeah, it, I what, mean, the, what CBS does to the, for the SEC, in my opinion, whether you it, this doesn't even have anything to do with if you like the SEC or not, or if you think sure. it's overrated or over whatever. What they do for the SEC is it makes it fe- you know damn well when you flip it on at three thirty and you hear Vern, it's an SEC game of the week. I mean, yeah. the sound, the color, all of it is a specific. It is a specific place. I mean, it feels like the SEC, like it's home. And the, yeah. the Fox Fox needs to figure out what how to do that for the Big Ten. Well, and you know, and like you said, it, it, it's something that I think we've discussed before. But they can't just try to copy and paste what they do for the NFL onto or even what they currently do in college football, John. Yeah. Well, right. Exactly. You know? Which I mean, they can't do that. Yeah, yeah, no, they can't. And and here's the thing, like as far as the you know announcers go, like I, I'm with you 100 on Chris Spielman. I think one of the things I really love about him is the fact that his greatest allegiance is just to general good play and defense. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like he he yeah. wants whatever the team is, whatever the side he wants them to play well, and his analysis tends to reflect that. And I like that. I like the fact that you have someone who ex- who is explaining the optimal way to do something. I think that's, that's really interesting, kind of fascinating mm-hmm. to listen to. I am not a fan of Tom Brenneman. Um, I grew up listening to Marty and I think Tom is kind of all of his worst uh, predilections kind of in one person. And I just, I, I can't, that. Yeah. yeah, well, I just, I can't, the, the, the kind of flat monotone voice, sometimes hypercritical for no reason. I just, it's not, he's not a guy I really particularly enjoy listening to. I don't think he's, poor at his job i think he can do play-by-play very ably but i just don't like his commentary i don't really like uh the way he presents it um so i'm i'm not sure how i'm gonna feel about that because i really like how abc slash abc slash espn has done that i like the guys that they generally have for that game um so we'll see i mean it's gonna be a different experience but you know the game hasn't always been on abc they've shuffled around a few times and you know it's it's survived, so I don't think it's going to be the worst thing in the world, but it will take some getting used to for me anyway. Yeah, yeah. And again, I just hope they own it. I mean, yeah. I hope they make it special. I hope they make yeah. it unique. And I hope that treat it, it, they, treat it like they a significant game. Treat field. it like it deserves to be treated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it the gravity it deserves. And CBS does that with the SEC. I mean, they right. crush the SEC coverage. They always have. They get the flavor. They get the feel for that league. And you have to do the same thing for the Big Ten. And it's easy to do because all of those places. Well, except for Illinois, all of those places have, you know, tremendous care. And even Illinois has got tremendous history. It's just day old bathwater driving over there, but everything else is good. But I mean, you, you have to, you have to sell that. You got, you got to sell that. And I think that, you know, I I hope that they will. I hope that they will. I know I'm putting a lot of optimism into a, uh, into a network that from a, uh, on the Fox sports one perspective just seems to be going embrace debate for like 12 hours a day, every day. So. I'm right. asking a lot. I do acknowledge that. Uh, speaking of asking us questions, do we have any ask us anything this week? We friend? do. We've got a, we got a few here. Um, this is a little bit interesting. This is from, from Alvin, our good friend. 
Mm-hmm. By the way, you can ask us anything. You can hit us up on uh, email, just dubcast at 11warriors.com or uh, at 11dubcast on Twitter. Alvin says, this is for you, Bo. What mm-hmm. is your most embarrassing moment on air or on live TV? Okay. Um, can I cuss on this? Uh, I can believe it out. Okay. Well, I don't, I'll save that. That story is a different one. Um, okay. Actually, that one's not even retrievable. The most embarrassing moment was something that I didn't even do. Um, did I tell the story when uh, my co-anchor farted on air? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So you can go, uh, go on break.com and type in uh, anchor fart. And you will see a picture of me from 15 or 16 years ago. Oh um, and so we were, I worked for the CBS affiliate. We also did the Fox broadcast. So the Fox broadcast at 10 o'clock at that time was just a clown show. So we got paid extra to do it. We didn't take it seriously. So the news anchor and I would clown on each other while we were reading news live on the air. Right. So um, he tosses to me for sports. I'm reading a story about Von Wafer, who's a Florida state basketball player from 15 years ago. And uh, I'm reading the story and the news anchor who's sitting right next to me leans back in his chair, pulls his, the backs of his thighs uh, up as if to fire like a shot at me, right? Like have his butt (laughs) exposed to me. Like he's going to fire a shot at me, except he actually farts. Oh my God. And so what you hear is a (laughs) like a big one. And my reaction, you will see on the video, you should, we should embed this in the link. Yeah, if you can, absolutely. I'm sure you'll find it. It's very, go to break.com anchor fart. There's like tw- 1.2 million hits on it. So, um, so you, and I have a reaction to it. And I think I say like, Jesus. And then I keep reading the story. So we, I get through <laughs> the first VO and we, I toss it to a soundbite. When I toss to the soundbite, I look over to him and he is shaking. He's laughing so hard. He's beat red. And then I just can't stop laughing. So I read through a couple other nonsense stories. Um, and we get back to air and then you see the guy who actually did the fart and, and we have a little back and forth and then he tosses to some nightly business report or something like that. So that's the most embarrassing thing that happened. It didn't happen to me, but I was involved with it. Uh, I also yeah. accidentally said, uh, S H I T on the air. Uh, nice. so we dropped that, but I, I was able to bleep that out because I, I said, uh, Justin Leonard, uh, with the great shit shot. <laughs> it was kind of a quick mix, but the fart on air. The crazy thing about that is we thought that that disappeared. An old director captured it unbeknownst to me. I thought it was gone. Like the news anchor grabbed the tape. That was back when it was all on tape. He right. grabbed the tape, like the air check tape, and everybody thought he deleted it. Well, the director that night saved it. And then like three years after the news anchor left and after I'd moved to Columbus, he put it on break.com. And then it got picked up by like uh, Extra Mustard on Sports Illustrated got picked up on the big lead. It got picked up on ESPN. Everybody had this thing all over their sites. And so it went like it had a million. I think it's got like a million two hits. That's fantastic. Um, just on, And there was a ton of them on YouTube, too. So it really got circulated. But every the f- thing that sucked most about it is I had to keep explaining. Like initially, some people thought it was me who farted. <laughs> but I think when you watch it, it'll, it's a, abundantly clear that it's not. Yeah. Well, I, I can literally. We I literally physically recoil when you hear it. So, yeah. Yeah, I am definitely, I am going to seek that out. We're going to make sure that we have that uh, because that sounds fantastic. That sounds it's pretty good. good. It's pretty good. Uh, okay, next one that we have here is, this is from James. Uh, he wants to know if we could power rank the U.S. time zone, specifically in terms of like watching nationally televised easy. sports. Not close. Pacific. You think? Not close. Why, why, so I don't have a lot of experience specific time zones. So why why would you say that? 
Well, Mountain is where I grew up, and right. you you watch the NFL. You think about this on a Sunday. The NFL starts at eleven o'clock. Uh, what? Uh, yeah, eleven o'clock. I mean, yeah. yeah, the game is completely done at five o'clock. Like the afternoon games are done at five o'clock. You yeah. want to go to dinner? You want you can do whatever you want. You're not bound by anything. You think about NBA games that start at nine o'clock in the East. Like I have little uh, kids. I can't stay up till midnight 30. Right. I'm up at 545 in, in California. That starts at six o'clock. You're done at nine. You want to go to late dinner. The sun's still out in LA <laughs> and the game's over. I mean, it's midnight 30 here and the sun's there's the sun setting in LA. It's yeah. not even close. The only negative is the noon college football games, which are a 9 a.m. Really, Mountain might actually be the correct answer to this because the noon college football games are 10 o'clock. Mm. But it's, it's pretty good. I mean, I, I remember being say, hung so over and flipping on and catching the noon college football games. It was great. Yeah, that actually sounds... I think that's a very reasonable argument. The only experience that I have is when I was living in Japan and I remember I was watching like bootleg streams at like 3, 30, 4 o'clock in the morning of Ohio State yeah. football. Like, I'm watching him play Akron at, like, 3.30 in the morning on this, like, terrible bootleg <laughs> stream. I'm like, this is not particularly yeah. worth it. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I can, I can definitely... On the East Coast. We totally get screwed on the East Coast. I've, I've thought about this many times now that I have my boys. Like, they go to bed between 8 and 8.30, yeah. right? Are they ever yeah. going to see, like, a World Series game in its entirety? Probably not. Not They'd World like Series. 15. Yeah, until they see a World Series game in there, I mean, they're gonna, you know, like my kids yeah, are staying up till out. midnight. No, yeah, it's yeah. same. Well, and the same with the you know the NBA towards the end of the the playoffs. I mean, those oh the finals, right? Nine o'clock starts. Yeah, and then you've got all the. I mean, they they put in they pad it as long as possible. It doesn't end until almost yeah. midnight. Like it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, little God, kid never. Well, same thing with the NHL. If you're a big NHL guy, like occasionally those can just go like completely crazy, depending right. on when you want to start those. So, yeah, um, on the West Coast, they're all done. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's a very persuasive oh, argument. I think you've. We I were think- in. I'll tell you this. My my oldest son, for some reason, clamp. Well, because of, he's a huge, you know, he's a huge. I've talked about this a lot. Big Buckeye fan and Zeke Elliott and Aaron Kraft, like his all time favorite players. Yeah. Um, and but he clamored onto Kentucky basketball for some reason, this NCAA tournament. Uh-huh. I don't know if it was the colors. I mean, I get it. They're cool. The colors, I understand it. Um, but he really latched onto Kentucky. So he just loves Kentucky basketball for the moment. Um, and we were able to, we were in California for two weeks in March when the uh, elite eight and final four were going on. We were out there during that time. He was able to watch every minute of every game. <laughs> like we couldn't yeah. have done that here. Right. Right, I couldn't. He couldn't have watched the Kentucky games here. He'd be in bed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, no, I. By I the think... way, this is why Thad Mata needs to be fired. Damn it! Because now I have a kid who's a Kentucky fan. <laughs> he screwed up. I he lost. He's losing the generation that needs to carry right. him into the future. Yeah. No, I get it. And I, and I gotta, I gotta tell you something. So the one thing that I always kind of dreaded was if I ended up moving or I'd going to another country was kind of losing that connection to the sports that I want to watch. So I'm kind of glad. I mean, it's 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 not ideal in the East Coast, but I'll I'll still take it. Um, but yeah, I think that's a very persuasive argument that you make for the mountain uh, the mountain uh, time zone there. Uh, this is from one. Andrew yeah. here. He says, "Not sure if we've answered this before, but if we were forced to get an Ohio State or State of Ohio related tattoo, what would you choose and where would you put it?" And by the way, he's listening from Thailand, so this is a very 
Yeah, that uh, previous question is really relevant uh, for Andrew. Ohio State. Do you have a tattoo, so, by the way, just as a as an. Opener? I don't know, and I'm pretty. I'm. I've every time. I mean, there was a time in college when it felt like something that you would do, and then I always yeah. remember like, something my mom said. God rest her soul, where she would say, uh, "I'll never forget her voice saying, if God wanted you to have a tattoo, you he would have put it on you.'" <laughs> and I thought every time, like I went into a, and thank God because I I was of the era where every dude had a stupid barbed wire around their bicep. Right. Um, yeah. And all the chicks had tramp stamps. So it was like, I avoided all of that. That's good. Do you have an answer for this? You've had more time to think about it. Let yeah, me marinate was... on this for a second while you answer. Okay. So I like, I've thought about getting a tattoo for a while. I mean, I'm a, a little bit younger and it's a little trendier. And most of the teachers that I teach with, with actually have a tattoo or multiple tattoos. And some of them are mm-hmm. like really big ass. Um, but I, I could never decide on something that I would want to get. And mm-hmm. I could never really decide on like where I would want to put it, but I think if I were going to get a tattoo, I'd get like a really generic, like maybe outline of Ohio or something like that mm-hmm. on my like on my chest or my shoulder or something like that. Just something really, just probably pretty basic. I don't think that I would go super wild about it, um, unless unless like I really just don't care anymore. In which case, I'm getting like General Sherman marching through Georgia all across <laughs> my chest and my back and. Yeah, and it's like, you know, and it's like one of those dioramas or whatever that you see, like those big, like, amphitheater-type paintings that they have in Civil War play. Maybe, like, that's the other option. Either I just go real simple, or I just make my body a temple to Ohio's victories in the Civil War. It's it's one of those two things. I gotta decide which one I want. Yeah. I would probably, now that I think about it, I would, if I did one, I would probably do, like, a couple of Buckeye leaves. That'd be cool. Like, off the helmet. Like, I would probably mimic, like, three or four of those, like, on my shoulder. Yeah, would seem be to be neat. what I would do. Maybe, I wouldn't do any do like of it. The, do the sweet, like, kind of the bars, the, you know, the stripes, the gray stripes there, and add a couple of the, the Buckeye. Yeah, you put, like, one, some on half of it or something. Yeah, that'd be kind of neat. Know. Yeah. Um, but then, then, like, when I'm 68, and I'm in Del Boca Vista, and I take my shirt off, am I going to, I don't know. You know what, though, like, because I was having this discussion today, actually, with a coworker, and and she was like, look, you know, by the time I'm 68, Tattoo or no tattoo, I'm gonna look disgusting. So, <laughs> well, you know, I'm not. If I'm, when I'm 68, like whatever, you know where, I don't care. What you know like. what the real, the real, the real question is: is how do you explain it to a kid? Yeah, like right. you. So, if you're gonna get one, I don't know if you plan to have children or not, but if you're gonna get one, what you have to say is: Are you also cool with your kids getting one? Because what it does is it undermines any argument you would have of no, don't get a tattoo. Yeah, well, I don't. But that's I mean, not that I not that they're like bad. I don't think they're bad or anything. They're fine. Right. Lots of my buddies have them. Whatever. I wouldn't want my kid at sixteen getting a tattoo. So that's kind of. I guess that's that was always in my. Now that I have kids, I always have to think like, well, right. How am I going to explain this if you know with them? So, right. and, and I found that in my life, I have to always make sure that I have legitimate ground to stand on when arguing with my children. <laughs> you've you've always got to have like the the constitutional basis for your. That's right. Uh, arguments against them i actually no, i know exactly what you're talking about you're dead on on that i will say that i have a number of students with some pretty badass tattoos so um i don't know i guess it depends on the kind of kid you are i certainly couldn't have gotten one when i was 15 or 16 because that would have like i don't know if mario kart is a real boss tattoo uh (laughs) you know what i mean so well i also think like you know like they don't look as cool on white people either yeah no i mean like tattoos on black people look they usually look pretty cool yeah. Like on us, we just haven't figured the ink out for white people. I think, you know what? You I, think? It really just depends on the design. Like, I, I put a lot of thought it's into this. It's so stark, though. Like, if you do, like, 
you know, we had the Thailand, the guy from Thailand. Is that the guy who answered this? Like you'll yeah. see people do like, you know, Chinese characters or something. And I'm like a white guy. It's so black. Yeah. That it's such a, you know, it's so noticeable. I mean, you could watch, you could watch. I mean, I've seen J.R. Smith like walking around Cleveland and you don't even know he has them because they're right. so light against his skin. So just the contrast is so dramatically different that yeah. I and just don't know a, if, if it's a crappy tattoo, it's just going to pop and look dumb. Yeah. Um, I think being bald, black people can pull off being bald. We can't. Yeah. We're not good at it. Unless you're, uh, I don't know. Nobody. Who's like the best looking white bald There's no... guy? <laughs> There's no like one. Jason Statham. Yeah, well, Jason Statham maybe. You gotta just be a really That's your jacked guy. Dude. Give a really jacked, right. shortish kind of dude. And you you gotta be. Off. You gotta be jacked, shortish, tan. Yeah, that's the only Double. way that a white guy can pull off bald without looking like he's a uh, you know an Aryan nation guy. You gotta be it's like really Michael hard for us. You gotta be Yondu in Guardians of the Galaxy and have <laughs> completely blue skin and a <laughs> big red fin on your head. Think about what Jordan did for black people. Because yep. up until Jordan, that's his biggest accomplishment. Not the Nike, not any of that. <laughs> the biggest accomplishment of Michael Jordan's life is shaving his head when he was going bald. And so then it became cool. Because yeah. up until that point, if you go back in NBA circles, there was all sorts of guys running around with bald spots. Well, and to be fair, it's also about the shape of your head. I could not, like, I've got this weird divot in my head that I don't know where it comes from. But if I shave my yeah. head, that's right. I'm going to look like, uh, you know, like a papoose where they used to put the, the boards over the kids' heads, yeah. you know, and then like they flattened it out into kind of, that's kind of what my head's going to look like. Yeah. So I don't know. I have, I this is a true story. I have a buddy of mine who's like in, who was in jail. He was a good, he really is a good dude, but he did, to, he, got into, he got in trouble. He was in jail for like six months. Yeah. And in order to make himself look tough, he grew uh, a goatee and he shaved his head. Okay. So that people would leave him alone. Like yeah, that was Walter White so, stuff. That's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's a, there's a reason that when white guys shave their head, people go, I don't know. It's a little Maybe dicey. I, I don't know about that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting. Like I thought about it because a lot of my coworkers have some pretty cool tattoos, but it only works like they're mostly white and they mostly have like some really interesting tattoos but it also works for their body type and for who they are as a person and i yeah. I work with a lot of like it, it sounds weird to say this but truly i work with some cool people and some people who you're mm -hmm. like okay you can pull that off you know like yeah. they you know they're people who've kind of had a rough past or they're they live mm -hmm. a, kind of a more alternative lifestyle or something or, sure. or maybe they're just like really you know kind of artsy or interesting and they have these mm -hmm. really awesome tattoos but i'm like yeah. i'm still a war nerd like i honestly don't know like I'm not getting, you know, a, a Japanese like symbol on my chest or something like that. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Either it's an outline of the state of Ohio or it's literally William Tecumseh Sherman burning his way through Georgia <laughs> and my body's just the mural for the entire thing. Like it, it's got to be one or the other It'd be so I, bold. That would be a bold. Be so I, bold. I honestly got I thought Probably about painful it. too. Oh, It'd be yeah. painful. <laughs> yes. I mean the ribs I imagine would suck. Yeah, but you know what? It's worth it because if anything to rub the, it, the face of that in, in the South, I'm I'm all for it. So I'm cool with it. Yeah. Basically, um, you could never go on vacation on a beach in the South. <laughs> I still you can't basically do that. Fight. Every time you went to like, anytime you went to like Destin or Savannah, right. anytime you went to a beach in the South and you took your shirt off, you'd have to fight people. Yeah. That's basically what you'd be encouraging. That's that's okay. I'm fine with that. By the way, I want, so we got one more thing here. And this is, yeah. a, this is probably the most mysterious email we have ever received i tried to figure out That's what cool. is what, what's going on with this 
and uh, maybe not super mysterious because I guess I can read the the email where it's coming from. But I didn't get I didn't that has no name attached to it. Simply from X. So okay. <laughs> X uh, says, and this is just some commentary on what we were talking about with the shot and scene center last time. He says. Uh, I think Bo asked why the shot was built in the first place. And I, his I comments, I really want to get your opinions on. So he says, two words, Gordon Gee. It was yet another monument to his colossal ego. The city fathers involved in getting Nationwide Arena done were livid and felt that they had an agreement that there would not be two facilities competing for the same events. Uh, there were at least two ballot defeats before the arena finally got approved. It then took some very creative accounting to drop it back in the lap of taxpayers a few years ago. Uh, what do you, how do you feel about that take? I don't know. Is it accurate? I don't, I don't, I'm not really sure. Honestly, like, I feel like I need I mean, more background information. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's something that I want to do this summer is yeah. I would like to get somebody who has a handle on it because it's really interesting to me that everything that X said could very well be true. Um, yeah. I've got three kids and three jobs and all this stuff. So I didn't have time to research it in the week. That, Great. That we since we did that since we posed the question. So um, if that's true, that's fascinating. Um, and if Guy was behind it, that wouldn't be too shocking to me. Um, but it, look, a mistake was made, and I'd be very curious to know how it got there. And I so the, the things that are interesting to me about the shot. This would be an interesting like three part series, or maybe just part of one big one big podcast. But how did it come about? Why was it built the way it was built? And how do you salvage it going forward? Yeah. Well, if and those, those things are like, all interesting to me. If X needs me put me needs me to put like tape in my apartment windows and then he can drop me off like bits of information in my mailbox or something, I will I'll do that and we can get we'll down. We'll put him on and we'll just disguise his voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just change his voice. If he's got I if he's legit that, and actually. has information. I mean, I'd be fascinated to somebody give me the real answer on how it happened, how that mistake was made. Yeah, maybe it's just a really bitter Gordon Gee, and he's like owning up to the mistakes in his life, and he's sending it to me <laughs> through a Hotmail account. <laughs> Could very well be. <laughs> All right, so that's says ask us anything. Thank you guys for writing in. Please continue to send in whatever questions that you might have, any existential thoughts, or you know, just pretty much anything. That's why we call it ask us. Yeah, those were great today. Yeah, that was great. It was excellent. What's going on? All right, buddy. Um, and so we'll do this again next week. And and we I will work we will work on that because I think that's interesting. I mean the 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 how it came about, how it got built the way it got built, and how do you fix it? Maybe that's a Gene Smith conversation. Think Gene yeah. will join us on the pod? But <laughs> I, I mean I, he definitely I mean the name John Aginner definitely carries a lot of sway with uh, Gene Smith, so <laughs> We're going to make sure <laughs> I'll, I'll reach out to Gene's people and see if we can get him on the pod. I actually, no, in all seriousness, that would be fantastic. And I, I think especially when we're talking about all the building that's been going on at Ohio mm-hmm. state, I mean, talking about the, the new hockey arena and all that stuff. I, I, I honestly think that would be terrific. And if we can do that, I, I would be totally down yeah. for that. All right. I'll effort that. See if we can get Gene on and, and see if he'll be candid with us about the mistake that is the Jerome Schottenstein center. <laughs> all right, buddy. We'll talk next week. Yep. Absolutely.